Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. It is the bye week, finally, of college football season for your Kansas Jayhawks. And even though there's no football, we have plenty to talk about. The full crew is finally back in the studio with basketball inching towards the start of college basketball season. And media day just having happened for the Jayhawks, we bring in our man Shea Wildeboer to talk about Kansas hoops. We're going to talk about bye week football, a lot about recruiting. But before we get into all that, time for me to introduce my good friends. Let's start with the man on the basketball beat from the Allen Fieldhouse suite, man himself, Mr. Shea Wildeboer. Shea, how are you? I'm glad you guys finally welcomed me back. You guys have been doing these podcasts, and I'm not getting any run. It feels good to be back. It's good to have you back. It has been a while. I know there's a ton to go. We've got so much stuff to talk about in regards to basketball, too. A lot going on. And that's that's great to hear. You're good though. I'm good, man. I'm a uh, Kemper started his first got his first uh, playoff game tomorrow night with Olathe West, and so it's been. Oh, that's you know, awesome. It's been. It's, I mean, like, listen, I put like they played South Shawnee Mission South last week, and you know that's where I played, and so I'm thinking, you know, 25 years ago, however long it was, my parents were watching me, and to watch Kemper on the same field was it was. I'm not gonna lie. I think guys can say this today. It was a little emotional. I mean, Kirby knows how it is. He's got a he's got the top pole vaulter in the state of Kansas, so he knows. He knows what that's like to sit back and watch that. So yeah, it's been, and it's been Did a great get, run watching. Was those it a kids little and, dusty in those bleachers, Shay? Did it, it get was. your eye a little bit? <laughs> you know, it was. But I, I, I was just watching a, an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, and according to Everybody Loves Raymond, guys can say this kind of stuff now. It's okay. Absolutely, you are you are exactly right. And and like you say, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Kirby and and his son, the top pole pole vaulter in the state of Kansas, going through his recruitment right now. We've talked about him. It's time to bring him in. Our good friend, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant, and the man on the Kansas football beat, my good buddy, John Kirby. John, how you doing? Listen to Shay. He's like, man, glad you guys welcomed me back. Shay never wants to come on. <laughs> oh, Shay's we go. too busy for us. Shay is, is so big time. He's got so much going on that he's like, you know, I don't know if I, I, I can't fit it in this week. What about like three weeks from now? That's right. fun, Shay's like by appointment only. Shay's like a month out by appointment. <laughs> Shay's like pay-per-view. You got to you got to set it well ahead of time and he's going to get his money before he comes on and says a word. So Curb, you know hey you Curb, you know like when you got a when you got a kid in high school John that wants to go I mean you had he had a brother. So I I I'm taking you know how it is when you're wheeling these kids and grocery store and practice and 
uh, he's you know Kemper wants to go to the soccer games and the volleyball games and he just wants to be everywhere. So, oh yeah. I mean, so I gotta go. Hey, I got another awesome. month until he can start driving by himself. One more. Oh month. God, help hey, us all. Hey I'm telling you, when both my boys could drive, I'm telling you that was like the difference in the world. I mean, I re- <laughs> I remember my my oldest in the summer times he played in the Cavaliers baseball academy, which uh, which is run by all the coaches at Johnson County Community College and. Mm-hmm. And that's about, I don't know, seven minutes from our house. And I, I he was just still 15. He really wasn't allowed to drive. And he looked at me. He's like, Dad, can I drive to summer practice? I go, yeah. <laughs> like, <Yes>. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because it, just the fact when those kids get those cars, man, it takes so much stress off. of just, you know, you're always having to be in all these different spots. Right. I remember when I first started to drive, one of the big things that because I was the I was the oldest in the family and everything. The thing that I loved to do was I'd be like, my mom would be like, she'd be cooking and there she'd think of something that she needed. Be like, hey, mom, can I go to the store for you? Or, hey, dad, can I run and pick this up for you? Can I go do this? Go do that. And they they loved it because they had somebody basically running errands for them. And I just loved getting out of the house. And you're, you're like, hey, dad, do you need to go to the liquor store? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, like, like, I'm I'm ready for that, man. Like like last week there was a soccer game at like Shawnee Mission North, so I got to go all the way to. I mean, it's like the kid wants to be part of everything, so I'll be ready when he's. I mean, I, I will be and I won't be, but the part of me now will be ready. He can start driving, I can start doing my own thing, and don't have to worry about it. Well, that's 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 awesome. It's funny to listen to you guys talk about your kids and everything, and I'm like, well, you know. Our our failed foster puppy Hugo, you know he he's he's almost six months now. He's really cute. <laughs> and and Homer, my my oldest pit, he today is his third birthday. So happy birthday to Homer! But yeah, I, I can't really you know my my pups they're not driving yet. They're not quite old enough yet. So I can't really get, relate, guys. They'll get there. <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know what though? You sit here and you know you you talk about the times that you had to put a lot of effort out to your kids and all that. But you know, at, at some point too. You know, you're going to look back and realize you'll miss those days too, right? Because it goes by fast. Absolutely. So I, oh, I would tell sure. any parent, right? A lot of parents go through this. They've everybody's running from one spot to the next, but also enjoy it because next thing you know, your kids are out of the house, and you look back on those days. And you know, I know. Hey, listen, my, my son, I figured out he's at KU. He's studying journalism. My oldest right now, and awesome. You know, I figured out he's gotten smart enough just to slide back every couple weeks. You know leave back uh-huh. with some food, get his laundry, uh-huh. you know, come home and do his laundry. <laughs> you know, hey, I remember uh-huh. I remember in, when I was in college and I came back from KU and I remember there were guys and they would come back and they take their laundry back home. And I remember going to some of my buddies' house and their moms, they walk in the house, they drop their laundry and their mom starts doing their laundry. I don't know how you guys were raised, but I would have <laughs> never dropped my laundry when I walked in. My mom would have looked at me like, uh, you better pick that laundry up and do it yourself. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things about going to KU, having grown up in Shawnee, and my folks, I was just at my parents' house just a little bit ago. They still live in Shawnee. Was the fact that, and John, your your sons are seeing your son seeing this, and I'm sure you saw it too. The great thing about it, you are far enough away that you're away, but you're also close enough that if you want to go home or if you need to go home, it ain't it isn't that far. And that's, I mean, Lawrence is a great town. I mean, we all know that it's one of the greatest college towns on the face of the planet, but it's, it's, if you're from Kansas or from Kansas city, it's a great balance 
because you feel like you're away. You've got enough distance between you and your family that you can be away. I mean, I remember I would go sometimes. I, at one point, I think I went a month without even talking to my folks. Then after that, I think I was home every weekend for like a month and a half. But that's the thing. You can kind of do you can do your thing. You can be a college kid. You can go be independent. But then when you need your family or if your family needs you, you're close. And that's 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 one of the great things about the University of Kansas. Hey, Randy, when you talk about going a month without talking to your folks, I I remember those days, too. But you also have to remember with the with the technology and the cell phones of today. That it's does, a lot different. That now. does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. You're right. It's it's a whole lot different now. And I I just I can't imagine having been a college kid and having to worry about oh wow when I'm out at the bars when I'm on Mass Street is somebody did somebody get video of what I did last night did somebody get video of the 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 the, the skirmish that i was involved in at the right. fine establishment on mass street i can't even imagine having had to deal with that those kids that's ugh, I, I i don't envy them at all when it comes to that kind of thing i'm out on that i'm good i'm good without all that well shay you know you let's let's go ahead and get right into this you know media day just happened for kansas basketball you were down there you were around the guys you got a chance to talk with bill self as well as everybody on what is a really a radically new Kansas basketball roster, which is that's the reality of, of college basketball these days. Is it, it's it's almost like the pro game. It is literally a whole new squad every single year. Having been around them really for the first time now, give us a feel. Tell us what the mood is around them and, and what your thoughts are heading into this season. Well, Randy, I think it's 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 a, it's it's a it's a group that Kansas fans are really going to like. I don't think it's going to take any time for the fan base to really embrace this team. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with Grady Dick, who is he's he's when I think about Grady Dick, and I'm not necessarily talking about styles of play or anything. I think of JJ Redick in terms of a guy that a lot of fans on opposite teams are just not going to like. Maybe mm-hmm. similar to a Christian Brown. I mean, he's he's just got that about. It. He's a Kansas kid. He grew up wanting to play Kansas. He's really talented. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of success early, and I just think he's just going to be one of those guys that walks into opposing gyms and is an, has an instant target on his back. Now, for me, I, I, listen, I know that we've all been doing this a long time, um, and we do it for a reason. Um, you know, we're, we're passionate about what we do. We love what we do, and um, Grady is a great kid. Um, he is, but he's got that that personality to where if you don't know him or he doesn't play for you, I, I think he's going to rub you the, the wrong way. And, and I'm excited to see how he how he takes on that challenge because Randy he he's and I think we'll probably talk about this later. He's one of the guys that I that I think when the season starts, he's going to find himself in the starting lineup. Um, he's just got that personality about him, you know, six eight, um, can stretch the defense, um, uber talented. So. Um, the thing I got yesterday from this team is that they're just a, a, a great group of guys that, that are going to need time to find um, individually and collectively as a group who they are on the court. You know um, that. You know, OK, now that brings up a great question, Shay. You talk about figuring out who they are on the court with this new lineup. Yes. And, and, you know, when you look at the schedule with the new Ooh. pieces in place and so many, what can we expect from this crew in the early part of the season? Ooh, I mean, uh, you, you got Duke, the third regular season game. Um, you, you know that Duke simply being Duke. I don't care what the roster looks like or who's coaching. I think Duke is always going to be Duke. Obviously, they're mm-hmm. loaded. Coach Shire's done an unbelievable job on the recruiting trail. 
um, you know, that that's a game that's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, you go out to Atlantis, you're going to play NC State the first game, and then you've got Dayton or Wisconsin, and then who knows who they'll play the third game. That's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, you come home December 1st, you play Seton Hall, um, a team that it's coming off um, a new coach, you know, who led a, a Cinderella story last year. Um, then, you know, a week later you play at Missouri, then you come home to Indiana. I mean, there's no – there's going to be bumps in the road, Randy, but I, the schedule isn't going to allow them to just kind of ease their way into it. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be thrown right into the fire. Okay, I mean, right, well, let me r- let right me in. ask this then, Shay. And and I kind of got a little ahead of myself. I jumped right in asking about what can we expect from this team. This is your favorite question every single year, so I'm going to give it to you right now. And I'm sorry I made you wait. Shay, who's your who's your starting five? Starting five, yeah. Let me, yeah. Who's the starting five, right? All and yeah, starting five, and who gets significant minutes? Who is um, who's it going to be? Uh, I'm gonna the, the the starting five to me. I think four of the five guys are pretty much set. I think you've got obviously Dewan Harris who started last year. You've got mm-hmm. Jalen Wilson who started last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you throw in Kevin McCuller, the transfer from Texas Tech. Um, then obviously I think you've got Grady Dick and the fifth Randy. I I don't know. You know, Coach Self brought up a good point the other day. He said somebody asked him about Mitch Lightfoot and he had talked about hey, you know, for the first time in how many years we don't have Mitch and how last year they kind of gone back and forth about you know where they replaced David or Mitch in the lineup with David. And, you know, the one thing Mitch could do for you is he could get you ten points and six rebounds a game. And who's going to be able to do that this year? Are you going to lean on Zach Clements? Um, you know, you're going to lean on a guy like Ernest Uday, uh, the freshman from Orlando, Florida. You know, do you go with a, a Cam Martin who who just injured himself? He's going to be out a few weeks, I believe, a separated shoulder. Um, you know, you, you got to go with a guy like K.J. Adams or Zuby Ejiofor. I think right now, simply because of who he is and, um, you know, the work that he's put in, I'd probably lean towards Zach Clements um, as that fifth starter. But, uh, mm. you know, as of, as of right now, that's – and Coach Self has said this many times, that's the biggest question. Who's going to be the guy – excuse me, in the paint that they can count on. Who's, you know, in the national title game last year, the last four points were scored by David McCormick. You threw him the paint, you threw him the ball in the paint, and he took care of business. Do they have a guy this year that can do that? I don't know. You know, you know, I don't. Right now I'll go with those four, and then I'd probably give the nod to Zach um, simply because there's too many other unknowns. Okay. Now we, we've talked a little bit about – what we can expect of this year from the the team, the guys that are already in the program. Program. Let's talk <laughs> recruiting. With the early recruiting period, gosh, seemingly just right around the corner already. Right. Tell me where they're sitting. You know, they've got three commitments. What do you think of this class, and and what potential additions are there out there, if any? No, I I love the class. Here's the thing that I that I love the most, Randy. The, the thing that I don't think very few people talk about. This year, the staff decided not to bring in any official visitors for late night in the fog. And uh, Coach Soap was asked about that um, that night after everything had transpired. And he said, hey, you guys, listen, we brought in, and he can't name names, but obviously they brought in the three signees they have early. They brought in El Marco Jackson, Jamari McDowell, and Chris Johnson, all three committed. They brought in Mikey Williams, okay, a guy that they really like. Uh, they brought in Caden Cooper, a guy that they really like. So they brought in all the guys – early on that they really liked and they wrapped up three of the guys that they wanted above anybody else in this class. Okay. I mean the, the, the three guys, the three of the probably the more talented guards in the class, especially in Chris Johnson, who's the starting point guard right now at Montverde and El Marco Jackson, who's about to make a huge jump up in the rankings. So, so they got the three guys. 
that they really wanted. So now what you got to look at is who leaves next year. Obviously, you're going to have Kevin McCullough is going to be gone. Um, you're going to have Jalen Wilson, I'm guessing, that's going to go. And then there's always going to be a guy or two that tests, always. Um, so I think what you do now is you look at a guy like Mikey Williams, um, guard, uh, guard from out in California, who's uh, who's on everybody's – I mean, a, a guy that everybody wants. Um, and from right now, from what I've heard, it's Kansas, Arkansas, and Arizona State pushing the most. Um, and I also know that you know they're going to look at the portal. That's obviously going to be a, a situation where when the numbers – find out where they're going to be in terms of the scholarships they have available. Um, you know, you're always going to look to the portal. To me, the biggest thing is, is what's, what's Mikey? Listen, Mikey's got millions of of social media followers. He's got a deal signed with Puma, um, which is obviously also a problem to me that the biggest question is how do you make it work? How do you handle that? I don't know with, you know, with NIL and compliant. I mean, like, I don't know how Randy, honestly, out of all the out of all my qualifications, I have no idea how that works. Um, I know early on that they really liked him. Um, I know early on he made it clear that he wanted to play collegiately. But as of right now, what I know is they have this staff led by Bill Self has commitments from three of the top guys that they want. Now, after the early signing period, I expect them to wait, wait it out, wait through the season, see what happens, and then go from there. Um, I don't anticipate them making any moves until the end of the season arrives, until they know um, what's coming or who's coming back, who's staying, and kind of excuse me, what the, what, the, what the transfer portal looks like. With all those variables and all that said, I mean, if you had to put a number on it, how many, how many guys do you think Coach Self signs in this class? Oh, uh, well, I th- Randy, if I'm, if I'm right, right now they're one over, if, okay. I, if my numbers are correct. Um, you know, they've got the three now. My guess is that they'll add, you know, two or three more. Again, depending on like, and I hate to speculate, but what if, uh, what if player A um, decides, hey, I'm not getting the minutes I want here, I'm going to transfer, and then player B was like, you know what, I'm kind of feeling this, <clears throat> excuse me, the same way, I think I'm going to transfer, and then you got a guy like Grady Dick or MJ Rice or Ernest Uday who says, hey, you know, my great, my year here at Kansas was great, but I think I'm going to test the NBA waters. So you know, they've got three now, and. You know, I could see two or three more, just depending on kind of what happens and what guys decide ultimately decide to do. Shay, that is you. You've covered a ton about this Kansas basketball program in a really short time. You always bring so much information for us and so much fire. We appreciate you joining us tonight. We look forward to talking with you again soon, buddy. You guys have a good night, man. Peace out. That's our man Shay Wildeboer on the Kansas basketball beat. Now, even though it's the bye week. We are going to turn our attention to Kansas football. I'm going to bring back in my man, John Kirby. John, you know, we are on a bye week for football, and and this is one of the latest bye weeks that I can ever remember, and I'm not sure I can think of one that was needed as desperately as this one. And this program, the, this roster is just, they're beaten up bad. Yeah, Randy, everybody is, you know, um, but – if this by this by week came at a great time for KU, maybe it would have taken it a week earlier. All right. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys banged up and, and it's just that time of the year for so many teams. So it couldn't have come at a better time because now it gives them that hopefully time to heal up, work on some things. Coaches will get down the road, do a little bit of recruiting, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And it gives them a chance, in my opinion, 
to kind of get focused back on getting a little of that swagger back, some of that confidence back that they were playing with at West Virginia and Houston and Duke and and TCU. They played with a lot mm-hmm. of confidence against TCU. You yes. know, may, it, maybe this little three game losing streak knocks a little chip off there. I mean, so. I think this comes at a perfect time. I think these guys have good leadership. I think Lance Leipold has done a tremendous job from the top down through the whole program. So this is a great week to get the batteries recharged, hopefully get those nicks and bruises healed up, and then you go at it and say, guys, we got four games left, and you know you got to go balls to the wall. You said there are four games left, and there are. We've got four weeks left on the schedule after they finish up the bye. What's your take on – the remaining month of the 2022 season. And, you know, where do you see another win coming from for this squad? Yeah, Randy, I know that's the, you know, that's the topic among the fans is how do you get that sixth win and sneak into that bowl, right? I mean, that that ever elusive bowl that's since 2008. And I know that's the topic. And right now, People have asked me that so many times. Where does the win come from? Hey, I said on the message board, I guarantee after that TCU game, they're going to find a way to win. Now, I said that coming off the TCU game where KU looked like a Big 12 contender coming out of that game. Because TCU is legit, and I mean KU went toe-to-toe with them. So here's what I say when it comes down to these final four games. When people go, who's going to be the win? Well, who's going to be healthy? Okay, Oklahoma State is banged up every much as bit as as KU is. K State is banged up every bit or more than KU is. Okay, K State and Oklahoma State play this week. Okay, Kansas still has both of them on the schedule. If what happens if Kansas State were to lose both their starting quarterbacks? Number their their A and their B, their one and their two. Okay, what happens if Spencer Sanders? were to get nicked up more than he is. He's not even practicing, and he's still playing on Saturdays. So I'm just saying there's a lot of variables in there that when you say, where's the one win going to come from? And and I guarantee you, like Lance Leipold and his players and staff, they're not looking at it like, where's the one win going to come from? They're looking at, we want to win two, three, four games here, right? They're not looking at it like one win. I know the fans Mm -hmm. are, because the fans want to see the bowl game, right? But the the fact of the matter is, you don't know what health is going to be like for Oklahoma State when they come to Lawrence after the bye week. You don't know what Texas is going to be like. You don't know what K-State's going to be like in that last game. So when people say, give me prediction, who's the team that you think they can win against, you know, I I, I don't really know right now because I, I want to see week to week what each team's roster looks like going in. Hey, I'll tell you this right now. You know the one game that, you would have sked, you would have circled back in the beginning of the season and said this is one of the chances for a win would probably been at Lubbock against Texas yep. Tech. Yes, sir. Right now, I'm telling you of the four games left, that might be the one game that I say is the worst matchup for KU on paper. Number one, I watched Texas Tech. They're a little bit better than I thought they were on defense. And number two, they, they're getting their quarterback back. So they're winning games with their backup quarterbacks. Now the starter comes back. KU's got to go down to Lubbock. They've been playing very well down there. I mean, they beat Texas there. I just watched them last week just pound West Virginia, okay? And they play that up-tempo, hurry-up offense. Last I looked, they, ran, they, they run the most plays in the country 
on offense. So I'm just talking on paper. Texas Tech, man, that's a hard matchup. Well, especially after what we saw happening against Oklahoma when they used tempo as a way to to stretch and and really minimize the depth that Kansas has along the front seven. That's that's the last thing I think this program that's the last thing those guys want to see is another team that's going to try to go fast. Yeah, and and I've talked about this on the previous podcast when when I get the snap counts on Sunday morning and you look at the snap counts there was two or three games. There's 20 players playing 20 or more snaps. That's crazy. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how many college programs in America are doing that. Well, when these guys are going fast and they're not substituting out, it's not allowing KU to get some, you know, some fresh D linemen on the field, rotate a couple defensive backs. And I know there's still some DBs that are banged up there too, but yeah, it's, it, it's a tough matchup for KU because they have won some games by staying fresh on defense. Kirby, the coaches are going to hit the road with recruiting, and they're going out in full force really starting tomorrow. There are going to be a lot of guys heading out and hitting the road. What do you expect to happen? What kind of maybe what kind of information can we expect over the next several days? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be some work trying to track these guys down. I know I think some of them might have flown out tonight uh, right before we're doing this podcast um, on Wednesday evening. I know Panagos is going to be in the Tampa area. Um, I heard they're going to have a coach down to at Northwest Mississippi to watch DT Sheffield. He's a wide receiver. I mm. just talked to Buffalo Cruz, the offensive lineman out in San Francisco. I believe Fuchs is going out to see him Thursday or Friday. He told me if all goes well, he is ready to set up an official visit to KU. Tall, nice. rangy, offensive tackle, pretty athletic. Um, Ontario Thompson told me he wanted to, he, he, he has a official visit set up, but we could see some change in there. Um, just as we started this podcast, he tweeted out that he was going to drop his top five and then make a commitment on the 29th. And I'm starting to think that's probably could be favoring Iowa. Um, Oh, and this I mean, is the, this is the Juco kid from Iowa Western, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's from Iowa. I mean, and, you know, when the University of Iowa offers, I don't care how long KU's been recruiting, it is going to be hard. It, it just is. It's just Especially it's, when you're talking about alignment in the state the of Iowa. It's, it's the way the game's played. And the kid, yeah. the kid, that's where the kid's family and friends are. Now, I don't know that. I'm just kind of using a little bit of football recruiting common sense 101 here. But that's kind of what my, my head tells me. Um, I posted the story today on Johnny Thompson, running back from California. You know, he's got a lot of offers. He's ready to set up an official visit. I do believe Lance Leipold hits the recruiting trail tomorrow. And I think, I well, I think he's going to see Keaton Kubeka play Thursday night, okay? And then uh-huh. just before we started this podcast, Kaysen Wiseman said that he is going down to see him on Friday. So we know Leipold will be where he's going to be on Thursday and Friday. Now, I assume he may hit another stop here and there, right in between where he stops off, sees somebody to high school, and then gets back on the plane and heads out. So I don't know where that could be yet. Um, Have a story coming very soon here in the next 24 hours on offensive lineman out of Tennessee, Barrett Maddox. He's picked up some offers. Uh, he he, He told me he plans on taking an unofficial to KU and an official to KU. Uh, six oh. six yeah six six offensive tackle. So again, 
I said the bye week. We're going to start hearing some things. We're going to start yes, seeing some movement. And we're, this is just the beginning. Some of the stuff I just talked about here, that's just the beginning. They're, they're going to have 10 to 11 coaches out on the road. So we're going to hear a lot more. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I think we'll have a lot more over the weekend as well. That's awesome. Lots of stuff obviously happening. Now, along those same lines, with it being a bye week, we had to come up with a way to kind of keep ourselves busy on this podcast. So you know, we opened it up like we have in the past. John put a thread out on the board saying, hey, what questions do you guys want us to answer on the next edition of the Inside Slant? So here we are. We've got plenty of questions. We're going to run through these kind of rapid fire. I am going to hit John with these just as quickly as we can. We're going to see what kind of additional insight we can bring you guys about the things that you want to know about. Hey, John, now, you hey, ready? I, 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 I want to. I want to say something here. Okay. I know you always put me on the. You always put me on the spot and get me through these. But I haven't looked over all the questions. But if some of them take a little bit of an explanation, you gotta let me. You gotta let me get my words out. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I, I. Everybody knows when when John gets to talking, he sounds a lot like Bill Self. Oh and God. <laughs> we got to give you a little room to to get to get the words in there. So, all right, John. So. First off, Otis Livingston, one of our regulars on the Memorial Stadium Slant Suite, always in there, asked the question that after the announcement this week is on everybody's mind. When are we going to see stadium drawings? Yeah, Randy, I, I, I don't know that that will be anytime soon. And th- this is my take on that. You know, they've got a head start because there's been drawings already put in place before Travis Goff got here, right? So they have some yeah. ideas that they can take and tweak and move around. But, you know, they just announced the the firm that they hired. So I still think what's going to happen is they'll come up with drawings, okay? They're going to submit them. They're going to look around. They're going to get people input, and then they're going to redo them, okay? Then they're going to come back to the drawing board, and then they're going to say, okay, we like them. Let's redo this. So I think you're going to have revisions along along the way, and before what those guys are seeing deep inside the walls, you know, the actual drawings, I don't know when they're actually going to get out to the public, but I I don't know that I'm expecting anything soon. Okay. Now we're going to move on. We've heard from Otis. Now another one of our, our, our most frequent posters, Joe Lebo asked, and of course, He's got bullet points. So we've got three questions. We'll start with the first Uh-oh. one. Delibo, I expected that from him to hit me with a few. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he wants to know, what are your biggest positive surprises with this team through the first eight weeks? Great question. Yeah, you know what? No doubt. Attitude and confidence. Um, mm-hmm. that just the way Agreed. that the kids have conducted themselves and the and the way this program has been built. I just, I'm been impressed with the way, you know, their attitudes and confidence. I agree. I agree. What has been exactly what you initially predicted with this team in the first eight weeks? What what of this did you feel like you really saw coming? Well, here, l- l- let me tell you what I didn't see. Okay? How about that? I'm, I'm going to kind of turn the question around. I didn't think they're going to be 5-0. and Okay? And I, I just, listen, th- there was efforts at some point to get out of the Houston game. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is nobody around here that would have put money on that they'd be five and zero. Now, now some guy might claim, "Oh, I said they'd be five and zero." BS. You know, I agree. If, if somebody would have said back in the middle of August, "We're going to be five and zero," I'd have said, "Hey, I got a hundred. I got a uh-huh. hundred. You pull out your hundred, and we're going. We're going to bet on this." So, the fact that they're five and zero, I would have never, never thought it. Okay. 
the last one from Joe Levo. What are your biggest disappointments, if any, with this team through eight weeks? You know, it's hard to be really disappointed, Randy, with with a team that's already surpassed expectations. Um, if I had to say something, maybe the Oklahoma game, just defensively, just yeah. really, just just got out of whack, and everything started going downhill for Oklahoma, and and KU couldn't stop that. But you know, I, through this five and three start. I don't know if there's a lot of disappointments. Um, you know, injuries getting banged up is part of the game, but but that Oklahoma game was a little disappointing. Okay, so next poster, Jeffro SPN, Jeffro Span, Jeffro Spun. I'm not sure how you say it, but Jeffro wants to know. And every time I see this question, I laugh. I absolutely laugh because it's we don't necessarily have a great feel for this, at least with this staff right now. But I'm gonna, he wants to know who's the next commitment, John. Oh man, yeah, I I I really don't know. Um, I, like I say, I laugh every time, and he asked that one on the board regularly. Yeah, every time I, I see I, it, I laugh. You know, Randy, it's just because I feel that the once the season began, their focus was on winning football games. Okay, agree. And I know they do a big deal on Tuesday nights where they get everybody on the phone and they 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 speed dial guys and they're they're talking to them and, and but you know I want to say, you know recruiting, I don't want to say it's slow. I just think the focus has been on coaching and, and getting players ready to play football, okay? And now you get yeah. to bye week. Now you're going to get out. You're going to start rekindling the recruiting. You're going to get it going back. And I just don't know right now who I would pick to be the next commitment. Well, and you say, like you said, it's not that recruiting is slow. It's that this is not going to be a very large class. They're going to be very particular with what they do from a transport portal standpoint. I don't think it's slow. I think they're being very deliberate in every move they're making right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's the, the guy that could be the next commitment is somebody we've never talked about. They could go out and get on some junior college transfer this <clears> weekend, <throat> fall in love with him, bring him in for the Oklahoma State game, and he commits. And I don't even know who that guy is until we know where they went. Those are always the fun ones. I, I love those surprises like that one. Okay, next question. Hawk in Michigan wants to know. He's got two for you. What do you think the percentage chance is? Oh, he, and this is another one. Everybody, I can't imagine how many times you've been asked this, John. What's the percentage chance that Lance Leipold is the coach in K at Kansas on opening day 2023? Yeah, I don't know how I don't know a percentage on that. You know, we we've still got four weeks to go. We don't know what's going to happen with other programs. We don't know where his candidacy is going to be. Um, listen, Randy, it's coaching nature. Okay, that yep. if 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 a really good program comes after you, it is normal to listen. Okay, so I I don't know. I, here's what I will say to that: it's important, and this is incredibly important. Nio. If KU mm -hmm. fans, okay, are serious, then they need to step their NIL game up because I know that is something that's very important to Lance Leipold. So, you know, if you want Lance Leipold to stick around, jump out and give the support in NIL. Absolutely. All right. Next question. And this is this is a great one. And uh, I, I, you know, I made my post in the thread and talked about how it, it, this, was, this was special. Have you seen anything? that was cooler than the way that the slant rallied around and lifted up our guy Lex last week. Yeah, man, I've never, I mean, Randy, I've, I've run the site for 23, 24 years, n never seen anything like it. Um, ne never expected anything like it. And, and at the same time, I am, I, I don't have enough 
intelligence or schooling to really know what to do or what to say in those situations. I, I really don't. Um, you know, it's a, it, it's a hard thing to watch because, um, you know, it's somebody who's, who's in our slant community every day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you feel like, you know, these, these guys are your friends and, you know, it bothered me all day. Um, there, there, there were times where I tried to write some stories and was bothered and, and really couldn't get through it. And finally that evening I was sitting around and just saying, I can't, I, I can't go to bed. I, I mean, something's, you know, something's got to be, you know, got to help here. And actually, you know, talk to my wife about it a little bit. You know, she's a neonatal nurse practitioner and she's been through stuff. And I mentioned that there, there has to be something I can do or call or whatever. And she said, well, this is one thing you can do. And I, I picked up the phone and, and, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, you know, there, there's privacy things. And, and, and I actually had to call the bosses at Yahoo and rivals and just say, you know, can I have access to whatever address we have? And, you know, I called the authorities and I, I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. John, I know you, you, you don't, you always kind of shy away from people giving you credit. What you did there and, and the way you handled that was, it was really cool. And I know there are a lot of people that, that felt the exact same way. And I, I sat on the board. I feel really fortunate and proud to be a part of the, the slant community. And, uh, you know, I just thank you for doing what you did. Yeah. That was, I, well, like I said, I'm not, you know, there, there's a lot of people on there a lot smarter than me that know how to deal with things like that. And I, I definitely, I, I'm not, I'm not a pro at it. So. All right. So next question from our man DeFreeze. This is a an in-depth question, about a paragraph here. There have been rumors on this board about Kenny Logan leaving after this season to pursue a large NIL deal if he doesn't opt to go pro. Have you heard anything that would make you think these rumors are true? And are there any other impact players that you've heard might be shopping their services for big NIL money and what is essentially a big free agent deal? Yeah, Randy, I haven't heard anything about Kenny Logan, okay? And and but here's what I do know. It's the world we live in now, all right? Yeah. So I can promise you there are going to be players, okay, that other schools reach out to. It, it's just it's just how the game works now. And maybe they don't call the players, maybe they call the high school coach or the player or somehow get to a family member and, you know, hey, you know, we've got a spot for your son back here closer to home to play at our program or or you know we can come up with an nil package that you know is going to be hard to match to get your son here it's just going to happen okay i don't know who that's going to be and you know what it it could it could happen the other way around too i mean so right now i don't know i haven't heard anything about kenny logan i haven't heard anything about any other players but i can promise you this it will happen all right so from harold beanie if an up, upper half FE, SEC or Big Ten school wanted to poach one of our players, kind of going down the same road again, could we even come close to competing fiscally with the current NIL program that KU has in place? Well, that depends on what we're talking here. I mean, if we're talking uh, Tennessee or an Alabama or somewhere like this, right, who, who's in the upper echelon of the money that they're given from their alums for football, no, it would be hard. But then again, not many schools would be able to. But I want to make this point, and, and people need to understand this and, and know that this is – I'm being accurate when I say this. The mass strategies in the NIL collective group – I put an article up on this last week from Mitt Winter. I talked to him, who's one of the best NIL guys in the country, 
he's an expert on it. He's an attorney. He's he he consults with a lot of people on their NIL. He said he said KU's NIL is right up there. I mean, it is it is as good as anyone's now. That that that's from an organizational and structural standpoint, and the way that they're supported by KU and things like that. Now that maybe doesn't mean that they have the money coming in that some of the others do, but in terms of what KU has put together NIL, they can compete with quite a few schools. Okay, so any Crimson ask, will we make a bowl game? In which game do you think we have the best opportunity to win to make us bowl eligible? Well, you know, we kind of covered this on what yes, we what, did. what team is most likely that they win. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said. We got to I want to wait week to week and see who's playing, see who's not playing before I get out over my skis and make a prediction now because I still think we there's a lot of football to go and I'm just telling you there's going to be guys who aren't playing that are going to make a difference. Will they make a bowl game? I'm still saying yes. I I still believe in these last in these last four games. Now it sure would help. Okay, and and I am not I am not downgrading or degrading Jason Bean whatsoever. But if there's a way that Jalen Daniels could get back, I think it adds a little bit of an element with his physical run style and some things he can do that maybe you know helps the offense out, keeps the defense off the field. So again, injuries will play a factor. So, MS Moot, so I guess Mississippi Moot or MSM Oot, I'm not sure, and Jayhawk NICT both want to know who are injured players, which of our injured players do we expect to see back after this bye week? Yeah, you know, Randy, that's, that, that's a hard one because I think we got to get through the bye week. I think we're going to know more Monday or Tuesday. Uh, you know, I still think Mike Ford may be better. Maybe Luke Grimm may be better. I don't know about Kobe. I don't know about Daniels. I don't know about Highshaw. I, I don't know where some of these guys right now are in their injuries and what their next game status is. Okay, so KJ Hawk, 33, another one of our frequent posters. He has a bullet pointed bulleted list as well, just like Joe Lebo did. First off, explain what's coming up in terms of key dates with recruiting. Okay, so right now, oh, hold on, let me think here. Okay, right now we're in a quiet period, okay? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of November, I don't know the exact date, but it's like November 26th, 7th, something like that. It opens up, okay? So now you can get out and start seeing the recruits. You can visit them once a week, okay? The head mm-hmm. coach can visit them one time. So things are going to start heating up then. And then when it gets really crazy, Okay, is going to be December fifth. That is a date you need. Everybody needs a circle because that's the date everybody can go in the portal. And I don't need to go into how crazy that's going to be because I covered all that in our last podcast. I was going and to then, say you emphasized that last week. Yeah, I mean December fifth is going to be a zoo. Is all I can say. Mid December it goes back to dead. So I want to say December eighteenth, nineteenth. I can't remember the exact date, but then it goes back dead, and then it stays dead for a while. And in the past, it used to stay that way till about mid January, but They've come in and they've put this new transfer week in the beginning of January. Now, I want to say January 4th. I can't remember the day, but early January, they give you a week now to to bring in transfers and portal guys who can maybe enroll in your school early. So I think that's going to help some schools out because, you know, over Christmas time, some guys either get in the portal that were passed on or guys open their recruiting back up. And I think that's a that's a good deal for everybody to get those guys back in. Last one from KJ Hawks three. Actually, no, not the last one. I still got a couple more here. 
Um, let's see. Talked about the key dates of recruiting. Of the remaining four games left on the schedule, here we go again. Who does KU match up for, with from good to bad in order to obtain that sixth win and why? Well, actually, hit, now this question is a little different. Okay, because the it other is, questions, yeah, the other questions you asked me were about, you know, who were they going to be? The, he's asking who do they match up with, and again, hey, good I, point, good point. I, I think Kansas State might be the team because you know Kansas State can score points, but they're not they're not explosive, right? They don't run fast tempo. Um, you know, they they play a little slower. It's an in-state rivalry game where anything can happen. So. I would say probably Kansas State um, with Texas. You know, I want to know Texas's frame of mind. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, was KU supposed to beat Texas in Austin last year? Nope. What was the spread in that game? I don't know, 20s? That that, that spread had to have been in the 20s. I can't remember. Okay, KU goes down to Austin and beats them there. So why can't KU beat them in Lawrence this year? So, you know, I I don't know. There's one. Um, I don't. The Oklahoma State, their style of play, if they've got everybody there playing, their style of play concerns me, and so does Texas Tech. So I don't particularly like the matchups against Oklahoma State if they've got everybody there and they're somewhat healthy in the way, in what they do offensively, and the same with Texas Tech. Okay, last one from KJ. We thought we had running back depth and need more at this point. How many does KU try and sign at that position this offseason? Yeah, Randy, I— I've said this before. They're going to go after one, and my my answer hasn't changed. They'll go after one. I mean, you still return, and I I believe you still top you return your top five backs next year. So I mean, you know, you still got to hope there's going to be depth and quality like there already is. Well, and I I want to point out you said from the very beginning when when we were talking about the depth at the running back position, you said, look, they're going to need all of them, and. Like a lot of things, you've been you were right about that without a doubt. So J.K. Ringer asks, any word on position groups and or specific young players that might be redshirting this year that are impressing this fall? Another question we get almost every year. Yeah, Randy, I haven't um, I haven't really heard anybody specifically, and that's a good thing. I'm going to tell you why. Ku bought in a very small freshman class. Okay, Mm -hmm. and for the first time in a long time. They're actually able to take these freshmen and redshirt them. Okay? Let them be freshmen. That's what's supposed to happen. I mean, yep. the freshmen are supposed to be sitting there and learning and redshirting and getting in Gildersleeve strength and conditioning program and understanding schemes and what's expected of them in the program and, and and figure out what it's like to be a college student athlete and go to class yes. and get that first year out of the way. And then you understand what it's like when you come back as a redshirt freshman. And I can't tell you how many years over the last 10, 15 years so that K- Kansas takes true freshmen and they're throwing them out there in the game. And you, you, I've even heard coaches in the past tell me, yeah, we really need to be redshirting this kid, but we got to put, we got to play him. So the good news is KU's at a point right now that they're not throwing these guys out on the field. So Red Hawk wants to know how many offensive linemen will we sign in this class? Good question. I'm going to say three, and, and and I feel confident about that number. Now it could be four, okay? But and I also want to say that it's a lot's going to depend on what their evaluations are for the rest of the year, okay? So you've got guys that are working scout team right now. You got guys that are working second team. If they get to the end of the season 
and Fuchs and Kotelnicki go, boy, we just didn't see development of this side of the line or from this person. We're going to have to add another lineman somewhere. We're going to have to take maybe from a position and add a lineman. So I still think my, my answer is three, but I still think that comes down to what they feel things look like going forward. Okay, JJ Jayhawk asks, what are our chances of signing a running back who puts fear in the defense every time he touches the ball? Oh, you mean the running back that everybody in the country is looking for? Exactly. Um, The five-star guy that everybody knows is going to be in the league in three years. Well, I just said that KU returns her top five backs on paper. Okay, so... um, I just I don't know that running back is a priority. I th- I still think the staff believes they have good backs, and mm-hmm. I believe they're going to hang with those guys. I agree with you completely on that one. So, Semper Fi Hawk, why is our defense this poor? Is it purely a talent issue or scheme? What position groups do you think the staff really emphasizes for their portal targets? Well, on defense, it's going to have to be defensive tackle because you you do lose some guys up front who've given you a lot of snaps that are going to be graduating and they they're not going to have any more eligibility. You know, I don't know that the defense have played poor. Okay, I think they've had a couple bad games. All right, but I've I mean I think I looked they're seventh in scoring defense and eighth in total defense. I'm telling you what, <laughs> there's been a lot of years I've looked and Kansas in, is 10th in scoring defense and 10th in total defense. So is there room for improvement? Yes. Is it better than it has been? Yes. Okay, so last one. Cornish Gameball asks, I he says, I haven't heard much about Tavita Noah lately. I know he's more of a blocking tight end. Any Anything you can tell us about him? Well, you, when you look at the, the tight ends, it's just pretty clear that they've kind of settled on the three. And they've got more to choose from. Like you said, you got Noah. Will Huggins is healthy, okay? He's not getting any of the games. So to me, I think Kotelnicki said, these are the three guys I'm riding with, Fairchild, Cardell, and Casey. And right now, those are the guys who are getting the targets. Those are the guys who are getting the snaps. And, God, if you're playing three tight ends, I mean, I think that's a, a pretty good number. John, that is the end of our question segment. And we have come to the end of the bi-week edition of the Inside Slant podcast from jhawkslant.com. Now, we have covered a ton for you guys in this edition. We brought in our man Shea Wildeboer for the first time in a long time, talked about the start of Kansas men's basketball season, which is inching ever closer by the minute. We talked about the performance of the Jayhawks through the first eight weeks of the season, what they need to get accomplished during this bye week both on the field and on the recruiting trail. We've looked ahead to the rest of the season. We answered your questions. John, is there anything else that you feel like you want to say to everybody before we, we hang it up on this one? There isn't. I think by the time we do our next podcast, we'll have Halloween. So everybody have a good Halloween, get ready for Oklahoma state. And I, I do want to apologize that I, I put up the questions for everybody to ask on the board. And after the first 15, 20 minutes, there were already like 15 questions. And I said, all right, I got to lock the thread or we're going to be sitting here answering questions for an hour and a half and people are going to turn us off. Hey, there's no reason to apologize. As the guy that has to answer, ask all the questions to you, no, I'm <laughs> glad. We got to limit it. And, and I love that everybody is excited about it. We'll continue to do that. You mentioned Halloween. I just have to, I just have to say it out there. I got to brag a little bit. I fly out tomorrow morning. My wife and I are going to Salem, Massachusetts to enjoy some Halloween shenanigans at, you know, the place where this country tried to burn and hang a bunch of witches back in the olden days. So it's, you know, hey, no big deal. Just going to be fun. 
For our man Shea Wildeborn, the basketball beat from a man, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the latest edition, the bi-week edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com.